After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the, the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send out to you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he was gone a little f- further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Thank you. Ron's going to come and shower talk with us. Thank you, Noah. That was beautifully read. Well done. Well done. Um, last week, we looked at what it means to be a winner and uh, being on Jesus' team. And it's a little bit different to how we might expect to win. It's not always about coming first. But Jesus said, indeed, that the first will be last, the last will be first. And so sometimes, actually, it's about putting others first. It's not just about what we want to get out of that situation. I hope you remember that from last week. The talks are always online for you to catch up. Today's about being on the right team and how Jesus calls us to be followers of him, to join his team. So we're just going to watch a DVD clip and then I'll come back in a moment. Time now to bring John in for the first time, who is up there. What did you make of it, John? I'll tell you what, Dan. There's nothing like being part of a team. You get to play your part, do your best. It's great stuff. Come on, gang! When Jesus picked his team, it was a squad that was about more than scoring goals. It wasn't about scoring goals or winning medals. This was a team that wanted to change the world. This is how it happened. There were these two guys, Simon and Andrew. They were brothers and they were fishermen. They'd been fishermen all their lives. They knew everything about fishing. Their dad had taken them on boats since they were little kids. In fact, their granddad had taken their dad on fishing boats since he was a little boy. And in fact, their great-granddad, well, you get the point. They knew everything about fishing. They knew how to look after the boats. They knew how to look after the nets. They knew where the fish would be. They knew how to catch it. One day, they were on the beach mending their nets. Some rocks had caused big holes in it so the fishes could have swam out. And then they noticed that there was this guy watching them. Who was he? He looked at them and they looked at him. And then he spoke. Come, follow me. And I will teach you how to bring in people instead of fish. There was something about this guy, Jesus. Was it the way he looked at them? He didn't just look at what they were doing, he actually looked at them, almost into them. Or was it what he said? He was so confident, so direct. Come follow me. And that bit about bringing in people instead of fish, whatever that meant. There was definitely something about him. So they left the nets and followed him, ready for whatever had happened next. There we go. You get the idea, don't you? 
Uh, there they were, Simon and Andrew and John and James, and they were simply going about their business. If you can picture the scene, uh, the daily round of hard and probably quite monotonous work. They were fishermen, a trade which did not have a very high status. They would probably have been quite smelly and quite unclean. So guys, it's okay because Jesus likes smelly and unclean people, so he's good with us. But in the midst of that smelliness and uncleanness and their daily work, Jesus spoke to them and he called them to be his special friends. Their minds were probably on just on the fishing, the task they had in hand. And they hadn't really prepared themselves for this amazing spiritual experience that was to come. But in the ordinariness of life is where Jesus called them. They got up and they left everything to follow Jesus. They left their trade, their job, their father, their family, their friends, their life, their homes. They left absolutely everything to follow Jesus. Now, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Have a chat in your families and with the people that you're sat with, and I'm going to come around with the mic, and you're going to give me some answers to that question. Why would you leave everything to follow Jesus? A couple of minutes, and I'll come around with a mic. Okay, anyone got any answers to that question? Why would you leave everything to follow Jesus? I should have put my trainers on. Well, I'll leave all my stuff because I think Jesus is very, very special and all my stuff is not really that valuable. But Jesus will just, I can just follow Jesus everywhere and he can show me the light of the world. Isn't that amazing? Stuff, stuff is not important. And if you follow Jesus, he'll show you that he's the light of the world. That's amazing. Amen to that. I don't need to go on really, do I? But I will. Anybody else want to offer why they might leave everything? I'll come to you in a second. Because if you don't, then you might miss out the chance of hearing to what he says. You might miss out on hearing what he's got to say to you. You might miss out on the adventure that he's calling you to. Wow, excellent. Jesus has promised me eternal life if I follow him. Mm. Jesus has promised you eternal life, that your life will go on with him past this temporary existence that we have here on this earth, this life that we've got. Because of his earth. Because of his love. Why would you follow Jesus? Because of his love. That's right. He has such a great love for you and for me that he came to bring us back home, didn't he? To take us back home to the Father. And one day he's going to do that, like what Margaret said. One day he's going to do that forever. He's going to take us back to be with him forever. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, because of his great love. Here we go. Could you just organise it so that you're next to each other when you put your hands up so I don't have to do quite so much walking? cares about us. We do that because Jesus cares about us. He cares about every single one of us in this room, every single one of us in here right now, and every single person out in our community and in your school and in your nursery and in your workplace. 
if we do sins, he'll always forgive us. Wow. Wow, you can be forgiven by Jesus. What a way to answer his call. When he calls you, he says, come, come, follow me. And then he says, go and sin no more. So for all of the stuff that you've ever done wrong, for anything that's ever happened in your life that you've said or done wrong, and for me, that's quite a lot. And anything that I'm ever going to do wrong in the future, because I've put my trust in Jesus and what he's done for me on the cross, he has wiped my slate clean and I'm forgiven And I can stand in the presence of God as you can, knowing that you are forgiven of everything you've ever done wrong and anything you're ever going to do wrong in the future, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Is there one more? Oh, there was two at the back. One of them was my wife. I should probably go and answer that call. Because God's the one person who will always walk beside us through good times and bad. God will continually walk beside us through both the good times and through the not-so-good times in your life. Woody's first answer was, so you have a job? What? He said so that he has a job. (laughs) But we said it's because what is more special, what is more important in our life than following him? Nothing. Yes, following Jesus means that I have a job. Thank you, Lord. And, um, but it also means that there's nothing more special in life than following him. There's a couple of pictures. I just wanted to show you a couple of pictures of where, um, when we first started our journey, where we came to faith in the church in rural North Devon. This is the first picture um, of the beach. This is one of the beaches that I've left behind. This is Puttsburgh Beach. Uh, there's a walk, you see the, the point, the hill there, that's Baggy Point, where we'd often walk to, uh, well, during the week, uh, we'd come down onto the beach after school and play on the beach and play in the waves. So another picture is the beach, that's still Puttsburgh, and that heading towards Woolacombe, so the buildings you can see in the distance are Woolacombe and Morto, that's three miles of golden sand. And the next picture is the waves that are there, incredible, incredible waves on that coast. Uh, and the next picture is me surfing. Of course it's not. He hasn't got any hair, right? But that's what we left behind. So, yeah, we've, we know what it's like to give things up, to follow Jesus' call, to leave things behind. When Jesus came and he called the fishermen, he, he expected an immediate response from them, and he got one. They didn't look at each other for a decision. They just made their decision and they said we're going to follow you they left everything they didn't even have the luxury of of knowing exactly who this Jesus was not like we do they just knew that he was clearly very special and he was a man of God it hadn't actually been revealed to them at that point who it was that they were going to follow who he was the easiest option for them was for them to stay where they were in the life that they knew and the safety and the comfort that all of that brings. They could have carried on listening to him preaching and and then returned to their father's boats in the evening. They could have asked for more time to decide. They could say that it would have been his supporters, but that it would be impossible for them to leave the family business. But Jesus demanded and expected an immediate response. He didn't ask them to support him, but to follow him. 
And it's the same with us. He doesn't want us as supporters. He wants us as followers. The call to us is the same as it always has been. Follow me. Leave behind the trappings of our lives without him and go along with him and all of the adventure that is caught up in that. To be active followers, not armchair supporters. I wonder which one you are this morning. The next thing that strikes me about the call to the fishermen is that the call to follow me requires movement. It's uh, not just a kind of intellectual thing. You can't just go, yes, okay, I get the idea. You actually have to move. To follow somebody implies motion. It's a verb of motion to follow, not one of standing still. If you go somewhere and people do not come with you, you haven't led them. And the converse is true. If the leader goes somewhere and you haven't gone with him, then you haven't followed him. Can you say Jesus is your leader this morning? Following is an active process that requires movement and change. Following Jesus might mean that we move to a different place, like it has been for us. It might just well mean that you stay in the same place, but it will definitely mean that we have to change as people. Our characters can change to become more and more like him with his help. What's important to us is that we will change. I no longer do the things I did a year ago or five years ago. 20 years ago, I used to be a very angry young man. I'd go as far as to say if I'm exactly the same person as I was a year ago, then I haven't really followed Jesus. I might say I am following him, but if I'm going nowhere and I'm not allowing him to change me, then I'm just watching him from a distance. I'm not actually following him. The other thing I noticed about the fishermen and their call was that Jesus didn't tell them exactly what following him would entail. Had I, when I said that prayer, Lord, if you save my wife, I'll do anything for you. Had I realized the call would involve standing up here in front of you, lovely bunch of people, I might have had second thoughts, not about you being a lovely bunch of people, but they're standing up here. It's definitely not in my life plan to come and stand up on stage in front of people. That would have been the last thing I'd wanted to do. He doesn't tell us where we're going to be going or indeed where we're going to end up apart from the offer of eternal life. We don't know where we're going to physically end up if we follow him. If he had told them all of those things, and if you read the stories, some of them ended up in some very tricky and very nasty places. Had he told them that, they might have thought, actually, do you know what? I'm not really in for this. I'm quite happy the way my life is at the moment. He only revealed it to them bit by bit as they trusted, as they followed him, as they took the next step in following him. They didn't question him about what would happen. They just trusted Jesus. Just trust Jesus for your next step. The same with us today. When Jesus calls us, he doesn't tell us where he's going to lead us, what will happen in the future. He doesn't give us detailed career plans, but he calls us to follow him, to go where he goes. He is to be in charge. He's to be the navigator, the director of our lives. All we're required to do is to follow him. Jesus is calling us all individually this morning to follow him. If you don't know and you haven't yet said to Jesus, 
I want to follow you. I want to give you my life and follow you for the rest of my life. And I want you to be in charge. I want you to shape my life and my direction. We would love to pray with you this morning. Maybe there's something that Jesus is calling you to change about your life. Perhaps there's an attitude. Perhaps there's actually an emotion. Perhaps there's a a problem that's being caused that Jesus wants to change for you. Maybe it's something about you personally. Maybe it's about your personal circumstances. There'll be people available to pray in a moment that would love to pray for you about that as well. I wonder if the band might like to come up. I wonder if you've ever wanted to walk on water. Shall we stand? I wonder if you've ever wanted to walk on water. Do you know what's, what's incredible? The way that God works. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and you get out of the boat. And the amazing thing is, I didn't know these guys were going to sing this song as I felt that God calling me to close in that way. Some of you here want to get out of the boat, want to walk on water. And he is calling you and you can trust him.